Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and we are covering the Celtic woman's epic victory against Rangers which has seen Celtic leapfrog Rangers into second place uh, into the Champions League place. Now when you're watching that Natasha what's your reaction to that second half performance? Oh absolutely buzzing I mean that is excellent from the girls to beating Rangers you know again and again and again this season with really you know performances where they needed to dig in and grind out the result and keep going and keep going and another narrow, narrow margin of a victory is just absolutely brilliant and made up for the girls and do you know what, it's refreshing and enjoyable to see a Celtic team with that sort of 
passion and determination to go on and get a result. And those victories against Rangers, they've got their reward for it. Looking like looking good for going into that second spot to finish the league is just absolutely tremendous. You know what I've been missing, right, this season, I think a lot of Celtic fans, is that unity. You, when you look at the, the team, you look at the manager, they're all buying into it, they're all playing for each other. Russell Boyce, is that why you've fallen for Fran Alonso? Because he's got that in droves, isn't he? Well, I think first and foremost, you know, there's no luck involved. Um, the manner that Celtic are winning, or, you know, with the likes of the Glasgow City nearly winning in that at that instance as well, I just think this is a side that, they play to the last minute. They are absolutely pulling in the same direction. I think when you watch a manager literally clinging on to his assistant coach for dear life when there was still 30 seconds left in a sort of mini hug, mini embrace, he couldn't contain his excitement. He went absolutely tonto at full time and I am all for it. I think it's refreshing to see. And I think on the pitch, I mean, they, they are playing on his identity as well. I think that's undeniable. Um, from the back to the front, I think uh, I think he's got three centre halves, and he only plays two. Obviously, Chloe Craig came on as a sub. But I want to talk about you know that look, the centre half partnerships that he's utilised that I've watched so far with, with uh, Kelly Clark, Chloe Craig, and Hayes. But two of those three, it's it's a shambles how strong they are in, in that centre half. Uh, I mean, Rangers were you, you know when Rangers were trying to pop balls forward in desperation towards the end, it was. Absolute meat and drink for them. So well done, girls, and outstanding. It was outstanding, Laura. I'm going to touch on that unity again because we're we're seeing the pictures coming from BBC Alba, where they're still on the park. Uh, Fran Alonso's got the entire squad, the kit man, the doctor, the whole lot. They're all doing a big huddle. He's giving them uh, the chat. It's taking me back to that video that I think a few of us commented on that Lil Z on Twitter put up uh, of Brendan Rogers in the changing room where he gets the guys all together before he goes out in the park. That's been hugely missing from Celtic this season, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know Jim, when we were on on Friday, said he wasn't sure how much of a difference like wee moments like that make before games. Um, and I disagreed at the time and I still disagree now. I think you can see it from Fran Alonso, you can see it from Brendan Rodgers, you can see it with any good manager, Klopp at Liverpool. They create this atmosphere where nobody is left out, whether you're first on the team sheet or whether you are just in the team filling in for someone else or whether you are the, the kit man the, the the dinner staff the, the reception staff everybody is part of the um, sort of you know like approach to try and get a winning team and nobody feels left out and that's the kind of spirit that you want because like you say as far as the men's team's concerned this season they've, they've very rarely been fighting for themselves never mind each other so it's uh, like everybody says it's refreshing to see it in a team that uh, they they look as if they're all fighting for one cause it's been sadly missed uh, this season I've got to say I mean we've been watching games Laura where players have been scoring goals and not celebrating mm. uh, there doesn't seem to be that cohesion on the or there hasn't been uh, on the sidelines when you look at the tunnel we spoke about it uh, the dugout rather we spoke about that and uh, obviously there was a, a lack of um, a dynamic I think within the actual coaching staff I'm looking at the the table here Natasha before I get to Lawrence uh, we're not expecting expecting Glasgow City uh, to falter now. They're going for 14 in a row, aren't they? But Celtic are yep. sitting pr- pretty at, uh, in second place there. Yeah, it's looking absolutely excellent. Glasgow City at half-time was nil-nil. They're playing Hibs today, um, who are 
again an excellent team capable of getting some good results they ran Rangers close every time we played them um, so still not at half time and you know the league is going to be Glasgow City's to lose I think I think that's fair to say but the second spot and getting that Champions League spot was going to be absolutely massive for whether Rangers or Celtic managed to do it and really it comes down to the head to heads and Celtic have beaten Rangers every time so there we go second spot is in our own hands um, in our own destiny now we've probably got the easier run in of games in these last three than Rangers do so barring any major disasters touch wood it's in our own hands what more can we want going into the final three games and yeah looking absolutely excellent and it comes down like I've just said to these head to heads and what Fran Alonso has managed to pull off in every single game against Rangers this season can only be commended um not only him, but but the squad as well for showing that grit and determination to go out and get those results when it mattered. And they've been able to do that every single time they've been asked. They deserve that second spot and just congratulations to them and hopefully they can go on and see out the rest of the season without any slip-ups and look forward to Champions League football next season. I've been uh, covering all the games this season. Uh, obviously, there was an occasion where we refused to pay the PPV against Aberdeen. <laughs> But there's been occasions where, you know, I've seen other people covering the games with me and they weren't that enthused uh, when Celtic scored uh, a goal here or there. Lawrence, be honest here, when Celtic scored the second goal, which uh, turned out to be the winner, when uh, Sarah Ewans scored that towering header, what was your reaction? Oh, mate, it's sheer delight. It's class, <laughs> you know. Put, puts us back in front, you know, being under the cosh a bit. But 2-1, you know, we're now within three points of City. Hopefully Hibs could do is a favour today. Could you imagine it? You know, <laughs> could you imagine it? I know I think they're eight go- goals off the pace with three games mm-hmm. to go, but, you know, City still got to play Rangers if Hibs do some mm-hmm. favour today, mate, you know. Listen, Lisa Robertson, boss, second half. Yes. I think if London Pod had come on, I think she showed a lot of potential, shows why we're yep. water. I think, you know, if she'd been on a wee bit earlier, she might have got a goal. You know, it's... Fran Alonso's de- definitely got them more than me in the, the business end of the season. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll be favourite for Hibs today and you never know. Now, at half-time, Lawrence, I spoke about the kind of styles of both sides. I was going on about the physicality of the Rangers' side. Yet, when you look at the two goals, Celtic scored both towering headers, something that we failed to do in terms of the men's team all season. Um, how impressed were you? I think you actually corrected me and said that we can mix it up when required. Oh, definitely. Definitely, but, you know, obviously off the training ground, that, that second one near post, what a run into it, isn't it? You know, and she's t- deleted that into the back of the net. It's, you know, would grace any game, mate, a winner like that. It certainly would. Now, the other thing, I'm going to come back to yourself, Russell, where we're talking about how the Fran Alonso effect, obviously, it's, it's something that you're quite passionate about. I'm buying into this. I think a few of our contributors are buying into this. How would you describe to a Celtic fan who's basically not given the women's game the, the time of day, how would you describe this? How would you sell it to them? This blazer is how I would sell it to them, mate. I've watched five games, you know what I mean? And now I'm wearing a turtleneck, a white blazer on his honour. What more can I say? Um, I think um, I think you have to... You, the, the, the key thing is, if you're going to watch it, take the, take the glasses off that look at it in a negative light. Watch it with an open mind. Treat it as Celtic. Watch it with a Celtic state of mind, you could say. And if I think if you do that, you can embrace what it is. And I hook, line, and sinker. I'll not be 
I'll not be satisfied now, Paul. So I've got an axe on microphone pitch side at the Champions League next year. I'm telling you, mate. It's all to come. Well, listen, I'm picturing that. I'm visualising that, Russell, for right. next season. So I'll, I'll be quite happy to uh, to be on those duties with you that night. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm sure great. there'll be a few others who are going to be fighting for that um, <laughs> axe on uh, Mike Muff, which is the official name for the, the Mike Muffs. Um, Laura, when you're looking at the, the performance tonight, I was looking quite closely at Mariah Lee obviously mm-hmm. burst onto the scene the last time we beat Rangers and I'm looking at all the kind of positive stuff that was happening throughout that game uh, best chance of the game wins us a corner from which we score the opening goal she's then she's a, a constant thorn in the side to that Rangers defence chasing down every ball winning corners winning you know throw-ins and of course um, you know when she comes off you're thinking to yourself, she is the difference between the two sides when it comes to creativity. How impressed have you been with Mariah Lee? And she plays the Celtic way, doesn't she? I would say so. I mean, she's been a relatively recent signing and just seems to have slotted right in there and, and taken it in her stride. She's she's everything that you want in a Celtic player, like you said, never afraid to take, take people on and, and look for opportunities. And sometimes I think too many teams uh, don't do enough of that and don't take their chances we live in a world where it's all I think a lot of players are far too afraid to make mistakes rather than try things and she's certainly a player that seems to be willing to to give things a go if it doesn't come off fine but it doesn't put her off trying the next time and that's the kind of attitude I like in a player anyway now, Chloe Logan made a, an error in the first half. She also made a fantastic save. She's someone who's come through the ranks at Celtic. Celtic uh, women have the, the graduate scheme as well. Natasha, when you're looking at that performance um, and that win, how important was the save that she actually made just before half time? Absolutely vital. That changed the whole momentum of the game. If we'd lost that goal going into half time, that's a completely different picture that Fran Alonso has to deal with at half time. So, yes, there's no getting around the fact that she should have done better for the goal that we conceded. Um, she'll know that herself. Um, and we all criticised that here just as we would at any game. She should have saved it. That's it. But. Let's not look at that. Let's look at that incredible save that she pulled off as we went into halftime. A lot easier to do now that we won the game is to ignore the fact that we conceded <laughs> a terrible goal. Of course, it's easier. But let's talk about that and let's give her massive credit for that, especially after conceding a goal of that nature. As a goalkeeper, your confidence goes a bit from that. Um, but what she did was she picked herself back up and pulled off an unbelievable save that kept the game as it was going into half time, which proved to be vitally important going into the second half and we were able to secure the win. So, yes, it was a mistake, but absolute credit to Chloe Logan for keeping the game level going into the second half. Now, let's have a look at some of the comments. Uh, we'll bounce back and forward because we are basically watching Celtic. Tonight, it just so happens that uh, the women's team are playing Rangers. We will talk about some of the other topics that have happened over the weekend. But uh, James Law loves France passionate. It's infectious. Yeah. James, absolutely infectious. And Feed the Bear comes in, a regular contributor to a Celtic state of mind. Well done, the Celtic girls. Absolutely. Paul McKenzie, what a header for the winning goal. Well done, ladies. And John Paul Connors comes in. Thank you, Axon. Finally got to watch a Derby win this season. Was impressed with the standard. We'll tune in again. Now, Lawrence, I'm going to pick up on this because I think that when I was watching that first half, I thought Rangers dominated massive parts of the first half. And I was looking at things 
in respect of the, the Celtic uh, side this season and last and people are thinking well you know um, it's easy with hindsight to say that you saw this coming etc because a lot of people have criticised anyone who said we've seen the signs we've seen the signs in the, the League Cup final but when you see a team who are able to dominate a game yet still not get a result uh, the, the momentum then goes with the other side so Rangers obviously had the beating of Celtics um, under under Neil Lennon. They had the beating of Celtic under Neil Lennon. And that filtered into the confidence of both sides and it moved into this season. Now we're finding it very difficult to beat the Rangers side. If you flip that and look at the women's team, we seem to have that on the Rangers side at the moment, don't we? Yeah, definitely. You know, France seems to have the magic touch. You know, his teams are really well disciplined. You know, even though we're under the caution, they're all trying we're not seeing anyone hiding on the park you know they're giving everything there they're making sure they're picking up that they're going with the runners it's it's great to see you know whereas in the men's team there was too many passengers or people that you just felt you know it didn't really matter to them whether they win or lost yeah, that, that's a big concern. And I think that, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, there's going to be loads of different reasons, uh, Lawrence, in relation to that. There's players there, obviously, who didn't want to be at the club. Um, but let's let's chat for a second or two about the men's team. There's a rumour circulated over the weekend. It's been picked up by quite a few mainstream sources now around Olivier and Cham basically being freed by Celtic. Now, when I looked at that, Initially, it was a it was a rumor, as I say, but a couple of the mainstream titles have picked up on it. Natasha, that would be mm-hmm. bad bad business by Celtic, surely. Yeah, a real strange one. Yeah, it's perhaps just one of these rumours, but obviously the rumour is that Celtic had released Cham, terminated his contract. And yeah, to me, that would just be terrible business by Celtic. This is someone we were talking, you know, two summers ago about looking at £50 million offers from Porto and turning them down. If you then fast forward 18 months, two years, and let that player go for nothing, something has went seriously wrong there in your business planning and management because that cannot have been the intention. I don't think it's true. I think there's um, some mainstream media sources circulating today that Celtic have denied that, Mm. which makes sense because we can't let him go for nothing. I don't care what sort of wages he's on next season. We must be able to get one, one and a half, two million pounds for a player like Cham. And that sounds, you know, a bit depressing to say when we were talking about 50 million a couple of seasons ago, but it's just someone who has deteriorated so badly in terms of form, a loan spell didn't work out. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. That probably is all we'll be able to get for him. I don't think he wants to be here. I don't think Celtic will want to keep him. It makes sense for him to move on. 
but not for nothing. My second concern there is who is making that decision? You know, if it, if it was true that his contract had been terminated, who by? You know, the CEO is leaving, the manager's not in place, so who would be making that footballing decision? Surely you've got to wait for a new manager to come in and decide on the players with, you know, a year left in their contracts, whether they're staying or going. So a few concerns around that one. I don't think it'll be true. I think Celtic will be looking to recoup something from him. What we can get for him is a completely different story, but I don't imagine he'll be at Celtic next season, that's for sure. You look back on one of the finest performances under Neil Lennon, Laura, one of the finest results, and, and Cham is in there, isn't he, doing his uh, celebration over in Rome. It was a tremendous night. And then I think about that image of him sitting up in the stands in, in the, the first Celtic Rangers game of the season, the 2 nothing game, where he seems absolutely nonplussed by what's going on around about him. He's actually looking at Stephen Welsh almost in disbelief because Welsh is upset at how things are going. When you're looking at Cham and uh, the fact that obviously he was offloaded, he was part of uh, a group of players who were said to wish to leave Celtic, um, is there absolutely no way back for him in, in terms of his Celtic career? And as Natasha says, we just need to cut our losses and try and bring in as much as we can for a player who, on his day, uh, technically was a tremendous midfield player. Yeah, he's a, he's a strange one because... Um it's funny when we play against like higher quality opposition in the Champions League especially he he seems more at home than any other player on the pitch he, he, there seems to be an element to his play that is really suited to the kind of higher up uh, higher quality football but that's all, all well and good but when you're playing for Celtic where your bread and butter is, is the Scottish Premier League then that, that can't really fly um, I'm, I'm in agreement I think uh, I think the ship has sailed as far as that's concerned I don't believe the rumour that he has been let go because I just think that I can't see any reason why that would be a sensible decision to make even if he does go for for free next year um, you know to just cut your losses now and not at least try to get rid of him either later on in the summer or or in January or something like that would just be a silly decision to make um, but yeah as far as I'm moving on I, I can't see him getting back into the team now it's not as if he's done like a Jack Hendry and gone away and improved mm-hmm. himself and is likely to come back and, and fight for his place he's gone away and, and you know had arguably a worse time in Marseille than he had at Celtic so, so from that point of view I think it's only down down the way as far as he's concerned I think so when you remember back to the first pre-season under Neil Lennon second time round and Cham was speaking to the French press wasn't he making his mouth go going on about I'm the best player in Scottish football etc I'm too big for this league so you just get the impression Russell that if you were to try and persevere with him no matter who's in charge he's just going to bring trouble to your door, your door time and time again isn't he just shut the door on him, who cares? I mean, even when he said all that nonsense, he was just talking absolute out his backside. He was angling for a move. He's had the odd flicker in his time there. I think it's quite obvious that I'm sure in the training ground, the things he can do with a football are super impressive and all that. But at the end of the day, he's not got the mentality required to, to play for Celtic. In fact, I think he's going to get a big fright, as are maybe a couple of, of, of the other ones when they find out just what clubs are genuinely even interested in them now and what level that will be at they might even get a bigger fright when they realise they can't get in those sides once they do join them as well because mm. I think um, it's so important that with our recruitment this summer we need to balance this without we cannot keep signing guys like Encham 
who was, we can't deny this, he was signed with a view to sell on for profit. That is one of the main, and I get that's part of your business model, yada, yada. But I think we were emphasising too much on trying to buy players such as that. And I think there's a lot to be said sometimes for getting guys in who want, who feel playing for Celtic is their pinnacle. Mm. Or if something was to come of it, it's only because they've had X amount of years doing so well for Celtic. Not somebody who wants to come in for two minutes, play a couple of Champions League qualifiers, maybe make the group stage, inflate his value, inflate his potential new wage, and go to a bigger league at the first, you know, the first call. And in terms of, to me, he's the stereotype of where our signing policy went badly wrong the past couple of years. Eventually, Lawrence. On that note, a lot of these signings that Russell alludes to were coming in from Manchester City. So we brought in Frimprong, I think for 300,000 quid. He's, he's been sold for 11.5. We've made a good profit on him. Denier and Boyata are another two. I mean, they'll be lining up for Belgium in the Euros. You know, they'll be the, the centre-half partnership. I know Denier was only in on loan. But if you compare the, the kind of attitudes, uh, the way that the uh, Encham approached the fact that he was unhappy and compare that to Boyata, in the face of loads of criticism by the Celtic support, did Boyata ever throw his toys at the pram and refuse to play? They talk about attitude. See, Encham had half the passion at least that Robertson showed in that game. What a play he'd be. Yeah. You know what I mean, mate? And, and that's what it comes down to me. You know, Ross was touching on it. It's whether they want to be here. Some players will want to be here and have that passion, but still have the view of getting a move onwards. I think Cham's just, uh, you know, he's always thought he's the best at everything. He's, you know, when things are going well, he's a luxury player, isn't he? And he, he, he doesn't show the heart, you know. And you know what? Yep. If you don't have the heart for the game, you shouldn't be in the park. What I was thinking there around Boyata is, you know, you've got guys that are down in tools and uh, obviously, um, you know, Brendan Rodgers threw Boyata under the bus, didn't he, by saying he was refusing to play against Athens. What we really need is players who want to play for the jersey again. And you, you ask yourself, are we too far down the line? to find that or do you need to start looking at the domestic market again we've been talking about that for the last few weeks um, Lawrence rather were you impressed with any of the, the supposed targets in the Scottish Cup final because obviously it didn't go Hibs way did it no eh, not particularly mate. you know but, but, but you know I don't think we're going to judge our targets in one game are we you know I, I think this bit is, is someone we should definitely be looking at yeah We've got a lot of a lot of positions to fill, so you know, really scored the two cup finals. <laughs> you, you, you know what we got uh, in his position. Mm-hmm. Not a lot just now. So I'm going to bring Natasha in here because I think you were singing his praises a few weeks back, weren't you? I was, and do you know what? If we're going to talk about it, I'm going to bring it up again because I went on a podcast with the Endless Celts guys a couple of weeks ago and we were previewing the St Johnston game and I said one of the players we need to watch out for is Sean Rooney because he's that sort of wing-back that Celtic like to play. He's always up the park. And I said the words, when the ball comes in from the left-hand side, Sean Rooney always seems to be popping up at that back post. So you're welcome, Sean, for that bit of luck there because I definitely gave you some good value for that one and it worked but in all seriousness do you know what he is better than any 
right back we've tried to bring in in terms of you know John Joe Kenny you're trying to play higher at right back would he have been the worst option and I am not saying that he is Celtic quality I'm not saying that he should be our first choice right back but the position we found ourselves in this season I genuinely think he could have done a job and if we're talking about players who are playing for the jersey and want to be here he would be one of them. You know, he makes no secret of the fact that he's a massive Celtic fan. So, yeah, congratulations to him on his couple of cup wins and that goal I set up nicely for him as well. Brilliant. <laughs> yes, Rooney, he comes from good Celtic stock. Bob and Benny have uh, got a long association uh, with Celtic, particularly Bob Rooney, who was the uh, physiotherapist, actually, for the Lisbon Lions. That's what he was classed as. But if you ask any of the Lisbon Dist- Lions... Distant relative of mine, actually. Is he, Laura? Yes, he was my great aunt's cousin. Wow. So there you go. Brilliant. Bob, um, Bob Rooney. Celtic. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And a lot of that, Laura, there, Lauren, didn't even know. Uh, I'm going to come back to, to Boise and wonder uh, what has happened with the Boise boss at the moment because I think anybody who watched the Scottish Cup final, I think, realises that Jack Ross, as accomplished a manager as he is, Russell, I don't think he's got what it takes to take it to the next level. I mean, he's had three big occasions, three big cup finals with Sunderland and Hibs, and he's failed to deliver. Uh, but my biggest concern now is the fact that nothing's been tied up, as far as we know, in relation to Eddie Howe, and more and more jobs are becoming available down south. What's your thoughts on the situation? Stay calm. Everything will be OK a week on Monday? I've never stayed calm in my life, so I don't think I'm able <laughs> to do that. But I think, I mean... It may well be that it's all sorted for the 1st of June. It may well be that he's keeping his options open, like the sort of players we were just discussing a minute ago do all the time, you know? And, and if that is the case, and we've put all our eggs in one basket and we don't get him, firstly, we're a laughing stock. Secondly, the next manager is entering a, 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 it's a poison chalice for him because how can the next manager, when you know you're number two, you are the number two on the list? It's back to Ronnie Dyler stuff. No matter who the name is, by the way, unless it's like stupid, which it's not going to be. Like I mean, if it, you know, if it's Roy Keane, dare you say it, something like that, they are going to get pelters from the start because they're not now Eddie Howe. Um, and I just think you're going back to to the the sort of dialer vibes of tears closed, fans being impatient, not giving it the chance. Which we've all used a bit of revisionism and looked at what Ronnie Dialer was trying to achieve at Celtic, and yes, whilst there was failures involved then. Um, in terms of qualifying for the Champions League and obviously that semi-final. You also need to look at the strides he took in trying to improve players' diet, trying to get us a more profe- trying to make us a more professional elite sportsman and, of course, developing uh, both Kieran, Tierna, uh, Kieran Tierney and Callum McGregor so well, amongst others. So it's, different, it's difficult. It's got to be how now. I think it's went too far down the line. I certainly I still I'll maintain the point there's never been a word mentioned by Celtic and there's never been a word mentioned by Howe. That suggests to me it's still happening. I think you would need to nip this in the bud now if it wasn't going to happen. Or you would need to dampen expectations, you know. They can't let it run for three months and then go, oh, no, we honestly, we didn't want him anyway. It's just kind of <laughs> ridiculous, you know. So I think if I think if there was... I think if there was, you know, stumbling blocks on the road right now, like major ones, I think Celtic would have dampened the expectations before now. I, 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 yeah, well, they should still be there, shouldn't it? 
Here's hoping. Now, Jungle Lion comes in to say, get Celtic supporters in as players, then you'll see a difference. This is a point I was making with Lawrence, but I'm going to throw this one at yourself first, Natasha. Um, Celtic, we understand, were interested in the following players in the pre-season, going into the 10-in-a-row memorable season that was not. James McLean, Danny Drinkwater, Fraser Foster, Robert Snodgrass, and rather surprisingly... Charlie Mulgrew. So these are players that Celtic were interested in mm. signing. Uh, we know what happened with Fraser Foster. Some of these names have been linked to Celtic time and time again. Is there a, a balance to be struck here? Because obviously you've got to look at some of them and think maybe the quality's not there that you would get from elsewhere who have no association with Celtic Football Club. I think you're right about balance. It needs to be the right balance. I don't think you could get you know a bigger Celtic fan than Shane Duffy. He came in, he didn't do the job, did he? Maybe Charlie Mulgrew would have done a better job. It has to be the right balance. You need the balance of people who are going to give 110% for the club and that extra 10% comes from the fact that they love the badge on the shirt and that's something we saw from players like Keaton Tierney. He had it both, he had the ability and that passion and then you look at someone who, you know, then filled in his slot for him once he left and Johnny Hayes, did he have the ability no, he didn't. He wasn't the best player in the team by a long way, and he would admit that himself. But he was another one who gave 110% of for the shirt. So something we need to do is manage to find that balance between the players who are really, really going to play for the club because they love it so much, and the players who you can't expect, you know, players, young boys from Europe to come in and love the club like some of these Celtic fans do. But what we can do by having a sort of core of them, of having a core of Celtic fans who know the club, who know the history, who just get it, what they can do is pass that on to the players they're playing with. And one of the real concerns I have going into next season is that we're losing these players. We're losing the ones who really get the club, who get mm. what it means to be a Celtic player, mm. who understand the fans' point of view, who and who just know the Celtic way. We're getting lower and lower and lower on this type of player. And it's hard to bring in. It's hard to find these players. So maybe some of those people in the, name, in the list you mentioned aren't the worst idea if they can bring that sort of knowledge to the club. For me, Callum McGregor, James Forrest, yes, they probably have it, but are they the type of character who can then really enforce that onto a squad? So I think we are low on that type of player. And if we do want to have that balance there, maybe some of these Celtic supporting guys could come in and do a job. Well, it, it remains to be seen. Hopefully, Russell Boyce is right in uh, the fact that we will appoint Eddie Howe. I mean, what, where else could we go? Um, I think it would be one of the most muted uh, season ticket campaigns ever if he's not in place. So, so we'll see what happens in the next seven days. Everybody who's been involved in the Twitter discussion and also on Facebook and YouTube, thanks for joining us. We know that uh, not everyone is, at this moment in time is ma- are massive fans of the women's game, but we're hoping to promote that throughout next season as well and let's hope that we're watching Champions League football times two next season thank you to Russell Boyce Lawrence Conley Natasha Mikkel and Laura Bradburn for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind
Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.